New Dimensions Radio has been making a difference on our planet since 1973, thanks to the generosity of our listeners. You too can help make a difference with a tax-deductible donation or membership. Please visit our website, newdimensions.org, and just click the Donate button. We at New Dimensions thank you for your support. Hello, I'm Justine Willis-Toms. Today, I'm hosting Father Matthew Fox, Skylar Wilson, and Jennifer Barrett-Listug. And they are the co-founders of Order of the Sacred Earth, and they are the co-authors, along with many other collaborators, of a book called Order of the Sacred Earth, an Intergenerational Vision of Love and Action. Welcome to the New Dimensions Cafe. Thank good you. to be here. Happy to be here. Thank you. It's You're good to be here. Welcome, and I'm so glad to have you. You are exploring this new vision of what you would say spiritual warriors and sacred community and environmentalism. You know, it's all like part of this whole order. And can you describe what it is? What is your vision? What banquet are you bringing to this table? Mm-hmm. Well, first, I'd, I'd like to say, Skylar here, that I believe and feel that the earth herself is bringing this to the table. It's her table, and we're lucky enough to be here at it. And so just tuning into right now, where do we serve? Where do I serve? That's the question that I keep asking. And how can I make my efforts for activism be more inclusive, be more holistic, intentional, spiritual? And how can I make my spirituality, my connection to love, my connection to the planet, be active in a sustainable way? I love that, that you say you're also using activism and spirituality. We don't often hear that. We hear of activism and a political activism. Do you feel like when you connect it to your spiritual core, that that makes it more sustainable in the long run, that keeps you active? Yes, because it, it's not just me. I'm not holding it as it's me doing the work. And that's why I reframed that in the beginning, that I, I do believe I'm part of an ecosystem, something larger. And I don't necessarily need to name it, but I can feel when I'm participating with that, when I'm listening, when I'm engaging and saying what needs to be said in the moment as part of my contribution to this larger conversation and when I'm forcing or pushing or reacting versus acting or participating. Right, right. And when you say spiritual, you're not talking about like religious dogma. Right. No, I'm not. I'm talking about uh, my connection to the earth, to the intelligence of something larger. And it's really a question more than anything. It's what am I a part of that's larger than myself? For me, that's the key question in spirituality is how can I participate with that which is larger than myself? Beautiful, beautiful. Jennifer, what can you say about this movement that you're part of? Yeah, sometimes when I have just my elevator pitch a minute with someone, I say it's an attempt to bring more spirituality into activism and more activism into spirituality. So like Skylar named, there has been this big gap between these two movements. And so the Order of the Sacred Earth is like this crossroads, this meeting intersection of these two very important expressions. And the reason it's about the sacred earth 
One is, yes, it is an environmental movement. You might say that the crises of the climate right now is the most important, but it's hard to say. You know, there's so many crises we're dealing with. And the way that I see it is they're all integrated and that the way we treat the earth and the way we treat each other and the way we treat ourselves is all the same. So you cannot make progress in any one direction without making progress in the other. So you're saying that it's environmental, but it's also social justice mm-hmm. because it's, it's all intertwined. And interpersonal spiritual evolution, too. Robin Wall Kimmerer, who wrote Braiding Sweetgrass, she says this amazing, it almost could just be the, the whole slogan for the order. She says, because the relationship between self and world is reciprocal, it is not a question of first getting enlightened or saved and then acting. As we work to heal the earth, the earth heals us. I love, I that. love that. And she's one of the contributors. No, she's, no, she's, not. she's quoted by several contributors. Yeah, I think I quoted her I, in my essay, too. You but did, and, and maybe someone else did, yeah. too. Yeah, so. and what's so important to me about that is, especially when you look at spiritual community and a lot of new thought spirituality is so much about improving our own lives. And to me, she's saying the number one way you can improve your own life is by helping another person or by being a healer of the earth and that it's a self-fulfilling <laughs> process. Beautiful. Matthew, can you help us with why you think this vision is important and why you're participating in it? Well, what we're inviting everyone to participate in is a common vow that I promise to be the best lover of earth and the best defender of earth that I can be. And and a vow is a, a sacred promise. It's a commitment. And to realize that this can be done by people of a Muslim tradition, a Buddhist tradition, a Jewish, Christian, indigenous tradition, or people of no tradition at all, people who call themselves atheists, this would be a tremendous way of seeing ourselves anew today and of acknowledging that we are rubbing elbows with one another and we are diverse in terms of our spiritual traditions. But what's important is that we gather the wisdom. So many of our traditions are, I think of them as burning buildings. I really do. And I think that we have to seize the treasures from these burning buildings and then gather with science as well today to employ as much of this wisdom as we can to support one another and to save the planet. A book just came out a a month or two ago and I had a public dialogue with the author and the title of the book is, We Are Doomed, What's Next? Uh, So um, there is a lot of doomsday uh, uh, feeling out there today. There's a lot of despair. And we have to fight despair because despair destroys us. It's a luxury we can't afford. Thomas Aquinas said, the worst thing a human being can do is to teach despair. Well, I think the kind of politics we have, even the kind of media we have, and the kind of religion we're stuck with today kind of feeds despair. It does not offer ways out. Now, I love David Orr, the eco-philosopher's definition of hope, which is the opposite of despair. Hope, he says, is a verb with the sleeves rolled up. So we're interested in the order in developing two kinds of verbs, the inner work, which is the spiritual work of paying attention to what moves us in awe and wonder and gratitude, but also to the suffering that we are undergoing, that the planet is undergoing, and that the future generations will undergo. What the myths is called the via positiva on the one hand, the via negativa on the other. So we have to ground our political work, our economic work, our environmental work, our education, 
our religions too in the sacredness of the earth. This is what binds us together because there's only this one planet called earth. It's not going to happen again if we destroy it and we will not kill it. But if we end up killing so much of its diversity and beauty and making it inhospitable for our species along with many others, well, then it's over. Then ecocide has triumphed. So this is a great moment in human history. And the young especially, and this is why I'm working with the young, they're facing these things consciously or unconsciously. Of course they're feeling it. And they're feeling it for their children and their grandchildren to come. And so uh, we all should be lining up the elders, mentors, and young people together to pull out what's best in ourselves and in our inherited traditions and boil it down because we don't have the luxury to reinvent religion or to start a new religion. Boil it down in an order, in a movement that can uh, light fires. And this is a self-organizing emergent movement. And I know from looking at the book and knowing of your work that it is bringing together many, many organizations and many people under this one vow. And what I see, it's going down, down, down to the basic value that we can all come together on, which you just articulated so well, Father Matthew Fox, that this is one earth that we have, and we are in great transition. Somewhere in the book, there's someone that gives the analogy of this vow and this order, that self-organizing order, that's not full of bureaucracy or edifices and cathedrals or anything like that. It's in our hearts that this vow that we're taking is like a membrane, the cell in our bodies that helps our bodies to function. Can you talk about mm -hmm. that analogy? Right. I wrote about it in my essay, Skylar here, and it was first told to me by Brian Swim, the cosmologist and cultural evolution historian. And who has an essay in the Who book. has an essay in the book as well. And he basically was discussing how we went from, in our Earth's biological history, from the prokaryotic to the eukaryotic cell, and how the cell wall, the membrane, was basically like this permeable container in which evolution could take place. And it actually took having that container to allow the fine-tuning of all the organelles and all the more specialized processes that make higher intelligence possible. And so that's part of our evolution. So why not look at that for our cultural evolution? What's going to really help us to pull together and contain and stew in the juices and creativity that's emerging right now and throughout Earth's four billion years of, of history? That's all built into who we are. And what I hear about that is that it's a safe container that's permeable. It doesn't have these rigid, defined walls. It's having conversation with evolution all the time. Yeah, it's permeable. It's flexible. It creates focus, containment, and also connection, connectivity all over the whole thing. Those are all perfect ways to describe what we envision the order doing. I'm thinking when I heard Skylar uh, talk about how many spiritual traditions, East and West, teach monks to meditate on death. Uh, many of them have a skeleton, a table or something, to remind yourself of death. And 
the truth is we should think today not of a skeleton of a human being, but the skeleton of the planet. We should be meditating on the death of the planet because that is what we're facing. The planet as we know it, again, the planet will go on, but it, it may be nowhere nearly as diverse and wonderful as it is today. So that's what could bring us together as a human species to meditate. Maybe we need to create some skeletons of, of the planet for people to meditate on because we're at these kind of end days. And you know, one response to apocalypse is to just blow everything up or to give up and just walk away, eat, drink, and be merry, steal your own and, and hide behind uh, gated communities or something. But the other is to take on the spiritual warriorhood uh, vocation and to get off our asses and start expressing our passion for love and justice and eco-justice and the kind of things that are going to make this a beautiful and hospitable planet again. I think, uh, Matthew, you were talking about apocalypse, and it might have been Mirabai Star who contributed something, and it might have been her that talked about apocalypse and looked up that word. What is that word? It and also the, means revelation. Revelation and unveiling is another another definition, an unveiling apocalypse. So apocalypse, not as a end. But a beginning, mm -hmm. a new revelation. It's one or the other. It can be the end mm -hmm. or it can be a revelation. It can be an unveiling of the deeper nature that we carry as human beings, you see. And that's where the, the word sacred comes in, that we are sacred too. It's not just the earth is sacred, but everything at birth is is special and has a 13.8 billion year history, which is true of every individual human being. And why wouldn't we want to glory in this and praise this, and then our actions would follow accordingly. So to be fearful is to be contractive. What you're offering, it seems to me, in the order of the sacred earth is to invite the participation for people to come together and collaborate, that we're, we're going against the grain of that tendency in our culture to isolate ourselves and to live in, within the confines of our own personal silos and ways of thinking. And so you're saying, reach out, reach out, come together. We can do this if we do it together. Am I, am I reading that correctly? Yes, and also that we're, as a species, in a great rite of passage. That's what we believe. And it's what makes a rite of passage work is it has to be real. And what I mean by that is it has to actually be looking into the face of death in order to realize what I am in contrast to what I'm not or what could be lost. And so, like Matthew was saying about being reminded of what we could lose, not just my own life, but our home, the planet. What a rite of passage that is. I mean, as far as being a way for our consciousness to grow, to become stewards of the planet, that's what we're needing to learn how to do. And I, I don't know any humans that really know how to do that well. As humans, we're all in our early stages of learning that, I believe, adolescent stages at best. And so we, we really don't know the answer forward. So our approach with the Order of the Sacred Earth is to engage series of questions, of dialogues, of emergent community to see if something else that's larger and deeper than ourselves wants to help us organize together. 
And I want to remind our listeners, too, because I know throughout the book and throughout all of your teachings and all of your work, it's not about just only grappling with this absolute reality that we're facing. We also dance it. We also use the arts. So it's not just this dire thing like, oh, gosh, I've got to go to this meeting and we're just going to talk about all these terrible things. But it's also using celebration. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, the subtitle is Love and Action. So there's the love there. We have to begin with the love. How deeply in love are we with the earth, with life? You know, that's what has to be stirred up. We have to fall more in love with, with life itself and with its matrix, which is, of course, the earth. And with that, who knows what can happen? But that's what really has to happen is that love affair. And you mentioned fear. You know, the fear holds you down. Well, love is the opposite of fear. The scriptures say love drives out fear. So that's how you overcome fear, with more love. And that courage is involved there, too, because courage means a big heart. And the heart grows because of love and because of the joy that, that springs from love. So all this is the spiritual dimension to this movement. This is why this is more than just environmentalism. It's more than that. It's deeper. It's, it's deep ecology. It's going down to the recesses of the human soul and consciousness and stirring up what's delicious there and that can carry the energy, light the fire for a new imagination that can reinvent the way we live on the planet. Well, I want to thank all three of you for being part of the New Dimensions Cafe today. I've been speaking with Father Matthew Fox and Skylar Wilson and Jennifer Barrett-Listug, and they are the co-founders of the Order of the Sacred Earth and the co-authors, along with many other collaborators, of the book Order of the Sacred Earth, an intergenerational vision of love and action. And if you want to participate in this wonderful work, you can go to the website. The website is orderofthesacredearth.org, O-R-G. Or you can get there through the New Dimensions website, newdimensions.org. I'm Justine Willis-Toms, and I want to thank you for joining us on the New Dimensions Cafe, and I invite you, please do join us again. You've been listening to the New Dimensions Cafe. This series of shorter interviews features many of the remarkable guests also featured on our internationally syndicated one-hour New Dimensions radio series. To access more than a thousand hours of programs, to subscribe to our newsletters, or to become a member, please visit us at newdimensions.org. New Dimensions Radio has been making a difference on our planet since 1973, thanks to the generosity of our listeners. You too can help make a difference with a tax-deductible donation or membership. Please visit our website, newdimensions.org, and just click the Donate button. We at New Dimensions thank you for your support.